Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to episode 452 of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the Cool Things community. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I started this show almost five years ago with the whole purpose of being able to uh, just interview interesting people. I have found the podcast has been one of the greatest networking tools that I have ever encountered. See, I've interviewed over 400 people, and so I'm able to reach out to people and interview them on the show. And some of those people have grown into friends. Uh, A couple of them have hired me, so they've become clients. And more importantly than the people I've interviewed is the people I have met who have been part of this Cool Things audience over the last few years. There are some people who are regular listeners, and you know who you are. Thank you so much for tuning in episode after episode. Uh, Some of you pop in from time to time, and that is awesome. And I'm pretty sure that somebody will find this episode for the first time and uh, maybe come back uh, again and listen to more shows. Before I get started today, I have to thank the first sponsor of this show, and many of you know that sponsor is Amplifier. Hey, Amplifier is blends uh, order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. And if you're printing things or mailing things to your customers or your fans, it really saves you time because going to the post office and packaging things, that's just a huge time suck. Well, they integrate everything from your e-commerce shop and they help you drive any giveaway campaigns that you have. They're great for big, giant powerhouse companies, but also small entrepreneurs who are just starting out. In fact, I work with Amplifier for my Try New Things t-shirts. Many of you have bought those. Go over to trynewthings.shop and check it out. I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm uh, trying to pay for a wedding for my daughter, and so I'm hoping that we'll sell a couple t-shirts. So uh, go ahead and buy a shirt at trynewthings.shop. That would make me very happy. Uh, so jump over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today if you need to uh, start selling shirts or other printed products, or if you just need someone to take care of order fulfillment, they are an awesome company to work with. That is amplifier.com slash cool things. So today's episode, it's Tuesday, and Tuesday shows are often just me talking about something that's going on. And something that a lot of people have asked me about is what's going on with my entree into doing stand-up comedy. I've talked about it on this show a couple times in the past. I work it into a couple of the uh, interviews that I do, but I thought I would just kind of do a quick update on my uh, stand-up comedy uh, world as, as it is. So some of you know that a year ago, about 13 months ago, March of 2018, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Drew Tarvin. In fact, he's an expert on humor in the workplace. Uh, he has a new book called Humor That Works. You should check that out. Uh, also, look at his TEDx talk. It has over 2 million views. The guy knows humor. Anyway, he lives in New York City, and I was going to be in New York. And I said, hey, let's go out and have a drink. And it was a Sunday night. And he said, oh, why don't you come to open mic night with me? You see, Drew is also a professional improv a performer and a professional stand-up comic. And so he invited me to come to open mic night. And my answer was, my gosh, I would love to come watch you work on new material. Throughout my life, I've always gone to comedy shows, but I'd never been to an open mic night. And I thought, how fun to watch comics kind of work on new things. And Drew said, that's not what I'm inviting you to do. 
he was inviting me to come with him to open mic night, but wanted me to create a five-minute stand-up set. And I said, there's no way. At the time, I was 51 years old. Uh, while as a kid, I wanted to be an actor or comedian, I just never had the guts to go for it. I, I never had tried it. And I, I had talked about doing an open mic night for years. In fact, uh, my friend Joe remembers when I was like 25 or 26 years old, we would go to comedy shows with our wives. And I would always say, I want to do it. I want to go to an open mic night. And he always told me he would come with me. But I never had the guts to go and do it. So anyway, with a little prodding, Drew talked me in to uh, going in New York City, in Greenwich Village, to a comedy club with him and signing up to do a five-minute set at an open mic night. And I did it. And I will tell you that it wasn't great. Uh, I always say that Jerry Seinfeld is not worried about job security because I did uh, a couple of uh, jokes at a stand-up at an open mic night. However, it was an interesting experience. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. And one of the big things that I agreed to live by was this whole mantra of try new things. When I turned 50, I decided I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life, both personally and professionally, which meant I was going to have to try new things. I was going to have to get out there and say yes to things. What I discovered about myself is I often only chose to do things that seemed to come easy to me. If something was out of that comfort zone, I typically shied away from it. And I think, that that, I think that that hurt me. I think it helped me back in a lot of areas. So three years ago, I made this commitment that I was just going to say yes to opportunities. Uh, I've done things like I jumped off the Stratosphere Hotel at their Sky Jump, uh, and I'm scared of heights. I also have gone zip lining both in Costa Rica and at Pikes Peak. And again, I'm scared of heights. Uh, and I started doing things like going hiking and going out into the outdoors where I've traditionally been a city kid. My vacations were always New York and San Francisco and now I've been to Yosemite and the Grand Canyon and uh, Lost Maples State Nature Area last weekend here in Texas. And so this whole idea of the stand-up comedy was one of those things that I had to say yes to because the opportunity presented itself. And then after that, I did another open mic night and had a bad experience. It was, it was just poorly run. Everything about it just made the night suck. And after one good experience in New York and, and then a crappy experience... I decided I can't let it end there. That's just not fair to, to myself for the experience to go from a high to kind of, you know, down in the dumps. So out of the blue, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to do 100 open mic nights. Now, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know how long this was going to take me. I, I didn't have sort of a, a reason for that. I just said, I'm going to do 100 open mic nights, and I'm going to see what I learn. And I started going to open mic nights in Austin. And then when I would travel, I would go onto Google and I would look up to see where there was an open mic night at a comedy club or a coffee shop or a bar somewhere in the city I would be visiting. And basically, once a week for the last year, missed a couple of weeks here and there, I have shown up and done a three to five minute comedy set. And now I have gotten to 52 times that I've been on stage. That's 50 open mic nights, so I'm halfway to my goal, and two shows that I was invited to be one of the featured comics in. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I started this, that was never on the plan. I never thought anyone was going to say, hey, I'd like to put you in one of my showcases. But it's happened twice, once in Phoenix and another time in Austin. And the time in Austin, I even got paid to be one of the comics. So I don't know if I uh, can confidently say I'm a professional stand-up comic, but I, I did get uh, a very small stipend for being in one of the shows. But here's the interesting thing. I have learned more in the last year on so many different levels from actually pursuing this than I ever thought possible. 
Now, I knew when I said, hey, I'm going to do 100 of these, I, I knew I was doing it for this, this stretching myself and this learning goal. But I had no idea how impactful it was going to be. It's impacted me as a speaker. It's impacted me, I think, as a podcaster. It's impacted me as a person. And here's what I'm discovering. We can learn so much from stand-up comics in the world of business, not, not just as a professional speaker, but no matter what you do in business. There are so many layers to what it takes to actually live in this world of comedy. And the people who are successful or who are going to be successful, they have a work ethic and, and a dedication and a drive that is something that all of us can benefit from being a little, uh, a little better at. In fact, uh, you know, I, I know somebody who she says that her superpower is her work ethic, and, and she's uh, not a comic, but I love that. I love the idea that your superpower is your work ethic, and I see it in these comics who I've met all over the country. And then, of course, I've started following some of the professional comics and watching more Netflix specials and, and reading the biographies of comics and listening to uh, comedy podcasts. And what I'm discovering is, is that if we want to achieve we can look very closely at what comics do. Now, as a professional speaker, I've given over 800 presentations, so I'm on stage a lot, but it is way different than getting up and doing stand-up. Additionally, I've done over 450 podcasts here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I've been a guest on probably another, I don't know, I'm guessing like 200 or 300 podcasts. So I have experience with the spoken word, but boy, the comedy world takes it to a whole different level. So I've got like four quick points that I want to talk about, and, and there's so much more to this. I'm actually, I'm trying to compile what I'm learning from watching the comics and learning, but the first thing is, is those who are successful, they work hard. It's that superpower. They're willing to put in a lot of effort. They work really hard. So one night I was at an outdoor open mic in Austin, and it kind of a rainstorm came through and it got rained out. And a bunch of the comics left to go to another open mic that started an hour later. But the organizer, myself, and another comic sat at a table and had a beer. And I had probably done about 20, maybe 15 open mics at that time. And the one gentleman was trying to become a professional comic. He wanted to leave Austin, move to New York or, or to Los Angeles, and he was really working hard on crafting that. And we got talking about sort of my entry into this, and he said, well, how many open mic nights have you done? And I said, 15. And he looked at me and goes, I've done 15 this week. Now, if you think about these, most of these people who are, who are aspiring comics have a job of some other sort that they work during the day. And then at night, they're going to one, two, or three open mic nights to craft their, uh, to craft their, their comedy and to really get more experienced on stage. Now, a couple times, especially when I was new and, and I told people I was new, a lot of people would say, God, it's so interesting because you can tell that you're new to comedy, but you have a really strong stage presence. Well, that's because I've done well over 800 presentations, so that's sort of what has led to that. And what I've learned is a lot of these comics, that's what they're working on. Some of them are naturally funny, and they're great at writing bits, but they have to get up there and get that stage time. They have to get that time in front of people to get more comfortable. I just kind of wish that I could get better at writing the jokes because I'm pretty comfortable on stage, and people notice that. And so I'm working on it. It's hard work to learn how to do this. But whatever you're doing, I mean, if you listen to this show, I know that you're entrepreneurial. Maybe you have a business. Maybe you've got a side hustle. Maybe you're sort of putting things in place to start that business. 
it's not easy. You've got to work hard. You've got to be extremely focused and put in the time. You need to get those reps. You need to get that stage time, no matter what it is that you're doing. Because to succeed in business, no matter what it is, you got to be great. you got to be really good at it. People have to look at you and know that you're a professional. And that comes from hard work. That comes from getting out there in the trenches and rolling up your sleeves. And that's what these comics and a lot of the people who I've met, I, I think they've got the chops. I think some of them you know, could go and make it in the comedy scene. But it's the ones who are working hard and not just dicking around. Because there's a lot of people out there who say they want to be comics, but I watch what they're doing and how they're doing it, the way they're living their life. And they're not putting hard work as a huge priority. They're just sort of out there half-assing it. I see it a lot at these open mic nights. People get up and go, oh, I didn't prepare or uh, I didn't write anything for tonight. Well, don't tell the audience that, you know, pull some of your old stuff and get out there and make it sound new, but put in the work, put in the time in advance to get out there. So that's the first thing is, is hard work. The second thing is the way you have to craft the details The the success is in the details when it comes to comedy. I'm a storyteller, so I use a lot of words. I mean, this podcast probably could be 15 minutes and I know we're going to go a half hour because it's the way it rolls, but the successful comics they get it down. They start with a story that might have 25 words or 30 words, and they craft it down, and they get it down to 15. And I think that's true for all of our businesses. We have to get, we have to get the bullshit out. We have to get focused on what's important. And if it's not important, it shouldn't be there. So there's a speaker who has been a legend. For 30 years, he's been a professional speaker, speaking on a lot of different topics to amazing organizations around the country. His name is Eric Chester. And Eric, a few years ago, spoke at the National Speakers Association. And one of the things he said changed my speaking career. It really changed everything that I do as a presenter uh, from the standpoint of, of being a corporate and an association speaker. And that was, he said, look at your PowerPoint. Look at every slide in your PowerPoint and then fire them all. Throw them all out and then make every story, make every slide, make every point of data earn its way back into your speech. And if it can't earn its way back, say goodbye to it. And that changed my speech. I think I became a better speaker. I think that's when my career really started to boom and take off. And I think I got taken more seriously by meeting planners. But here's the thing. It's the same thing. It's the crafting of the details. It's letting go of the fluff. It's letting the BS go to the side and making sure that whatever your product or service is, the parts that you're out there working on and that you're doing and that you're providing are the parts that have the real value. And I learned this in watching open mic nights. So some of the same comics will do the same joke week after week after week. And I discovered this early on, like probably like open mic nights number like five, six, seven, and eight were four days in a row at a comedy club called the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego. And what I like about that club is they do open mic night every single night. And so I went four nights in a row while I was there at a conference. And there was one comic there, and on night one, two, and three that I was there, he did the same joke. But each time he did it, it was drastically different. The main character was different, the sort of accent or the, 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 the words he used, the, the emphasis on words was different. And it was okay. It wasn't hugely funny. And then the fourth night, he was the host of the main show that happened uh, before the open mic night. And I attended that show that night and he told the same joke and it was really funny. And afterwards I asked him a question. I said, I saw you do that joke Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but Friday it was great. And he said, I've been telling that joke 
for four years. It's been part of my sort of recycled repertoire for a long time. And it's funny, but I think it could be really funny. So I take it to open mic night and I just chop it up and try it in different ways. And someday I'm going to figure it out. Imagine having that much detail. So often what we do as entrepreneurs is we get our product out there and it's good enough. And then we move on to whatever the next product is, or we just keep going out and selling that product and service over and over. Look at the way comics are crafting the detail. For years, he's telling a joke that's funny and gets a big laugh. But inside of him, he knows it could be just a little better. So he's at open mic night, night after night, year after year, tweaking it just a little bit. That, to me, is awesome. So... Craft the details. Realize that you've got to pay attention to the little things. And it might take a long time before you hit that aha moment. I think a lot of people give up too early. And that leads into the third point, which is never say die. I think I heard recently that Kevin Hart had auditioned like a thousand times before he ever got any sort of like major part or anything uh, that really put him in the, in the, the major thing. Could you imagine being turned down as an actor or a comic actor a thousand times? These comics who make it, early on someone told me, do you want to be a professional comic? And I said, no, I, I don't think that's why I'm here. And this young guy, he was about 26, said, well, good, because you're probably too old, because it takes 10 to 15 years to make it in comedy. Now, my first reaction was, screw you, I'm still going to be around in 10 or 15 years. If I wanted to do that, I could go do that. But the point that I took from that was, if you want to make it, you can't quit after two years. If it takes 10 to 15 years to be a success, you've got to keep going. In the speaking business, and I think maybe even in the podcast business, there's all these people who all of a sudden everybody thinks they're the overnight success. But when you peel back the onion and you look at what they've done to get there, it takes 10 years, maybe longer, before they get discovered, before they get their skill to that level where people go, oh, so never say die. If you want to succeed as an entrepreneur, if you have a dream, Keep going for it. Now, you might have to tweak it along the way. You may have to change it along the way. But I know one thing to be true, and that is 100% of the people who give up don't make it to the top. So don't give up. And that's what I'm seeing in these, these young comics who want to make it, the ones who are out there week after week. I've been doing this for a year, and in my local community, I've seen some of the same people, and I've also seen some people kind of vanish and disappear. The other night I met a guy, and he was pretty funny, and he was kind of new to the scene, and I said, how long have you been doing this? He said, oh, I did it for years, but then I quit. And now I'm back. I wonder if he hadn't quit for those three or four or five years, I wonder how much better he would have been if he had just kept with it. And I think that's, I think that's a trick that I'm learning from being around these people is just keep showing up. Keep showing up and doing the work. Never say quit. If you, if you have a burning desire inside of you that you want to accomplish something, get out there and do it and realize that, yeah, there's going to be bumps in the road and some days are going to suck really bad. And that's okay. And I think that's what I've done with my speaking career. It's certainly what I've done with this podcast is I just keep going because I think, at least I like to think, I like to believe that I'm getting a little bit better at it because I continuously do it. Like this episode today, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about, but tonight I'm going to an open mic night and I decided, you know what? I want to talk about what I'm learning because it's so important. And I think that, you know, a year from now, I'm going to have learned more. I think that a year from now, I can do another podcast on the same topic. And I think it's going to go a lot deeper because I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep doing it. And somehow there's a connection between my speaking career, my podcast and the stand-up comedy that somehow I'm going to figure out what that, that 
that chain is that runs through all three of them and boom, I'm going to cinch it in really tight. And maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe five years from now, that aha moment's going to happen where I'm going to say those three things all fit together because I can feel it. I can see it. I just don't know what it is yet exactly, but I'm not going to quit. I'm looking for that thread that runs through all of them. And then the last point I want to talk about on this podcast is, you know, as I said in the beginning, it's been sort of my mantra for a long time, and I'm learning it again and again from hanging out with comics, and that is try new things. I'm watching a lot of these comics who, you know, they kind of have their bit, they kind of have their style, they have their personality, and then all of a sudden they come out and boom, they're doing things differently. They're trying out a new way to tell the same jokes, or they're, or they're, they're changing up their character or their persona a little bit. If something isn't working for you and you keep doing it the same way, you can't expect different results. It's so true that if you want to have different results, you have to take different actions. In fact, to reach your potential, the only way to get closer to reaching your potential, because I, I don't believe you're ever going to reach your potential, because if you play this game of life right, your potential isn't static. It's going to move. You're going to listen to a podcast. You're going to get inspired by a mentor. You're going to read a book. You're going to get an advanced degree or a certificate, and all of a sudden your potential is going to shift. But I think the only way to move towards your potential, to get farther across that gap between potential and results, it's through engaging in the right actions. And that's the whole thing about trying new things is the actions that you're taking now may not be the absolute best actions. They may not be the right actions that are going to propel you across that gap. So unless you are on fire and just crushing it and you look around going, nobody in the world is doing what I'm doing, then you got to try new things because otherwise you're just going to keep getting the same results of what you're getting. And I'm, I'm learning that from hanging out with this, this really interesting crowd of comics that I see in Austin and in these other cities that I go to. So for now, the four lessons that I'm walking away with my entree into the world of stand-up comedy is work hard, pay attention to the details, never say die, and try new things. I'm trying to live by that with my speaking career. I'm trying to do a little bit of that with the podcast. I'm certainly trying to do it in my personal life. And I'm hoping that all that's going to come together. It's going to be like, boom. I didn't end up jumping into stand-up comedy with some grand plan. It all sort of happened by accident. Uh, Drew, as it turns out, Drew Tarvin takes a lot of his friends who come to New York to open mic night. I don't know how many of them have done 50-plus open mic nights in a year since him taking them, but I think it's kind of a cool thing that Drew does. And I think I'm kind of getting ready to help other people. Uh, last night, I had the opportunity to speak twice at the University of Texas in the engineering school to two different classes. Uh, a friend of mine works in the engineering department and invited me to come and speak to two classes about this whole idea around potential and career and uh, planning for your future and, and taking, taking ownership of what your future is going to be in your career. And one guy came up to me afterwards because I talked about trying new things and I told this story of getting into comedy at 51. And he came up to me afterwards, a young guy, and he said, okay, so this is weird. He said, my mentor, who is like a graduate student, encouraged me to go do open mic nights. And he was a young freshman college student. And he goes, I didn't really understand why. And he asked me some questions about it. He said, what do you think that, why do you think he was telling me to do that? And I said, it will take you so far out of your comfort zone, and it will make you more confident than you could ever imagine. And, and this young man and I talked about it for, for a few minutes and I gave him my card and I said, look, 
I've learned something from doing 50 plus open mic nights. Uh, I'm happy to share it with you. In fact, I'm happy to bring you to an open mic night here in Austin if you want. Now, I don't know if he's going to follow up with me. He might. But I thought about that afterwards and I thought, you know, Drew Tarvin gave me a gift. And for some reason, I decided to run with it. I think it's a gift I can give to other people. So if you live in Austin and you've listened to this and along the way you thought, God, because people come up to me all the time and they go, you are so brave or that is so cool or I wish I could do, you know, an open mic night. Ping me. I'll take you with me. Uh, you can watch me do it a few times and that way you, you, you're not going to be as scared when you go because you'll realize that it's not as intimidating. My first time in New York, you know, I almost crapped my pants because I was so nervous. And as it turned out, I didn't need to be that nervous. If you don't live in Austin and you're listening to this and you just want some ideas, send me an email. Put the title, Open Mic Night Questions or something like that, and I will respond and answer any questions you have about going and doing that because I think that I'm learning a lot. I bet that you can too, and maybe it'll just make you a better entrepreneur. Hey, before we go, I got to thank the other sponsor of this podcast, and that is my friends at Podfly. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of starting your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. For an exclusive offer to the listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have. It's really cool. If you want to start a podcast, don't do it without Podfly. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope that there was a little bit of inspiration in it. Uh, I hope that you will ping me on Twitter at Cool Podcast or at Tom Singer or go ahead and reach out on any of the social medias or email Tom at TomSinger.com and let me know what you're thinking about the show. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover or some area that I can help you, please, please, please reach out. And uh, if you're looking to getting into the speaking business, I've started coaching a few people because what I discovered was uh, a lot of coaches charge a lot of money and you don't get a lot of value out of it. So uh, I'm giving you a lot of value at a very affordable rate. So if you want to be a speaker, uh, I might have a little bit of experience in that. And I'm now starting to help others, uh, which is something that I had shied away from doing for a long time. So reach out to me and I'll tell you all the information about that. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days. In fact, Thursday, always a great interview. So uh, check in for episode 453. It's going to be a wow. But in the meantime, go out there. And try something new. Try new things. Go buy a shirt. Try new things.shop. But while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.